Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Swarmed upon, tackled, just beyond the line of scrimmage, and that's going to do it. The Texans take down Tennessee. 26 to 3. They lock up a winning season in D'Amico Ryan's first campaign and take another big step toward the postseason with the horseshoe up next on the road. Big win for Houston. Big win for Houston. Sean Bajani in for Ron Hughley. Clint Sterner back. From taking care of the gals at the Casa. Happy New Year, Clint. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the year, even though we did just get through talking about the firework. I'm not a big firework guy. My, my little girl don't like fireworks. My wife is in a spot. She actually loves fireworks, but she's in a spot right now where where she don't. She's just trying to get a little extra sleep. She don't need some some bonehead popping firecrackers in the yard next to us. But uh, so so look. But it's a great time of year, man. Great time of year. Um, great time of year to be covering. The Texans. I mean, look, we're Man. fortunate. We're fortunate to do what we do, Bajani. You know what I mean? We're fortunate to do what we do. But now we're doing it for a team that's got nine wins. Woo! That's got a chance to get to ten wins. That's got a chance to win a division. That's got a chance to have a home game this in, in, in the uh, in the playoffs this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it, it is just a hell of a time to be in the business and a hell of a time to be in the business right here. In Houston, Texas. Happy New Year to everybody out uh, there. Playoffs. That's right. You heard me, you heard me, <laughs> baby. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to everybody, all of our loyal listeners. I know many of you are off of work today. Another uh, fantastic day. Maybe a little overcast outside, but hey, it's sunny in my mind oh, yeah, because of that one, yesterday. It's another one, baby. Hey, any resolutions? Any resolutions in the room? Anybody? Uh, anybody? Tyler, you, uh, you going to eat a little more? You going to eat a little more, drink a little less? Uh, no. what, what, what are we thinking? I mean, it's just the normal things. I haven't, like, mapped out anything real specific but yeah i mean i want to be healthier want to eat better exercise more okay. all, all the normal stuff okay I grow, yeah. up, grow up a little bit i grow i'm grown no it's okay Look, i'm grown up this, this is coming from a guy that waited till he was 44 to, to, to become a man to become an adult man i i, I mean it with all kinds of love <laughs> so I come mean, at you you're a man you, you're 40 yeah come at me i'm a man i'm 44 <laughs> i'm married with two kids even though they are under two years old i'm, I'm a grown-ass man yeah man hey, i mean look it's coming from a place of hey i've been there man you, you're still about four or five years behind me by the way yeah what about you what about you bijani any uh any i'm a man i'm 42 no, you're definitely a man ain't no doubt about that <laughs> Ain't no doubt about I'm that. I'm a man. I'm 41. You got any resolutions? You, are you really 41? I'm 41. You look like you got a late 20, early 30 vibe going on. I appreciate you. You can't see the bags under my eyes because I'm wearing glasses Well, today, when you but, look uh, at me, I can tell them glasses are really thick because it makes your eyes a little bit bigger. I, I, I mean, they're helping me from this, this side of the lens. So I know, I know hey. you look... 
what 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 uh, anything any resolutions, man? I haven't. I, I was up till three thirty in the morning last night, and uh, I have not thought on it yet. <laughs> well, hell, you don't you don't think I got, about, I got three hours today to figure that one out. You don't think about your resolutions just like at, at midnight on New Year's Man, Eve. I mean, you this kind of working to this. It's uh, it's it's been a crazy whirlwind last uh, twelve months. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think one of our resolutions together, Bajani, should be to hang out more. I mean, we live in the same damn I, neighborhood, and we never we never chill. You I know? text you that. Well, I texted you last night, I think, right? Happy New Year mm-hmm. or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I told you that earlier today. I was like, we need to hang out more. Like, I was just in his hood. I, I went over to the rich people side last night to uh, <laughs> show my boy uh, the fireworks because that's where they all pop I off. I can relate. I, I grew up on the, got, I grew on the south side of the tracks in Baytown. He grew up on the north side, so <laughs> yeah, I know man. exactly where Chuck you're coming from. We, we got the M60s on our side, and they got the freaking boxes that cost yes. $150 over there. They yes. pop off. They have competitions. <laughs> They're dropping two fifty so, on at the fireworks stand on New Year's Eve, and we're over here. We're watching from this side of the tracks. I know what you mean. <laughs> I was like we're a tailgating away. on the other side of the tracks. The Milners are fixing it. They're setting them off, boys, at 1145. <laughs> Yeah, we got to hang out more. Uh, Absolutely. I was a block away from his house, parked on top of the bridge for an hour. My boy was just going crazy over the fireworks. And then he... Then he got scared when we went home, and he, he wanted me to pop our little rinky-dink ones, and <laughs> I had to get his little headphones on because the sound's too loud, and he was holding mom. So that's where we are. By the way, uh, I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm nominating Ron Hugley for the slime off on In the Loop. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a way to start the show <laughs> oh, no, from his so- seat. What are you, I mean, what, what's going on here? Today is your 900th episode of The Drive, and your boy ain't here. Your boy's chilling. Hungover, not even listening to this show. Most likely. He's not hungover. He's I don't know drinking. what he's doing. Come oh. on now. Come he, on he now. He had to have drank last night. Nope. I'm telling you, he's doing good. Red Red gave him a free day and he and he, and he told me he was gonna he was gonna stick to his guns. And you know why I don't believe that? I think he's zoo day with the kids today. No, he's Sp- stuck. spending the day with his family, I think. He stuck to his guns Hope the zoo's last open, Thursday trying. and Friday. We were out on location. He was eyeing all the drinks at the bar, the Moscow mule. He couldn't take his eyes off of yeah. it. He didn't hey, cheat oh, on damn, the food. Don't... He didn't cheat on the drink. That dude ate salad and water for two days. I mean, he's locked in. That dude in. cracked last night. He's locked in, and here you are giving, nominating him for a slime-off, man. It's his 900th episode. It's think, New Year's it's a, Day. It's after the biggest win of the season for the Texans. I think it's Bush League. You, were, I, I, you I, raised I, some pretty good points, I'm though. just going to tell you that this. I, I think I think what you're doing right now is Bush League. I, this is the first time that I've ever... <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard people badmouth Ron a lot. I'm going to be now. honest with you, and show, and it's never bothered me. I mean, this is bothering me a bit. I mean, first I, off, you limey bastard. I'm just telling you. Ron, if you're out there listening, man, I, I really I'm feeling some kind of way about what Sean's doing right now. Ron man. knows the number seven one three five seven two four six ten. Hit me up, bro. <laughs> Hit me up. The it's all in good mouth. fun. It's all in good fun, man. Oh, but uh, Ronald. hey, massive day in Houston. You mentioned it. I mean, for the obvious reasons, biggest win of the season for the Texans. They've set themselves up for a win or go home scenario next weekend, Indianapolis. And by the way, if you haven't heard yet. The Texans and the Colts flexed into a Saturday night prime time game for a 7-15 kickoff. Like I said, win or go home situation is Indy. As uh, you heard just moments ago, Vandermeer on the call said uh, with the big win in H-Town. We'll get into all of that throughout the show, but I mean, my goodness, the first prime time game of the season better late than never, Clint. Yeah, look, I mean, for me, we we talked about this in the post game last night, guys. I mean... and maybe it's because I'm here, um, and, and I'm covering the Texans, and I'm born and raised here, and so I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little biased of the Texans. I'm, I'm more of a fan of the Texans. 
than the other teams we're going to discuss, obviously. But this just proves that at least I was somewhat right. The Texans are one of the sexier teams coming down the stretch here. Now I'm not talking. I'm taking Lamar Jackson and the Ravens out. All the teams that have locked that have locked the divisions and locked the playoff spots. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Week 17, 18 when this thing's coming down the pike here, and you got a team that can make some noise, and yeah. you got a middle of the pack who's going to separate themselves, and, and who ultimately across the country, uh, across the NFL landscape. I think the Texans are a sexy watch. D'Amico Ryan's first year, absolute disaster the last two or three years. And I think folks like to see people rebound. Part of that story is how quick they're rebounding. Literally 365 days ago, the Indianapolis game was an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and 365 days later, boom, here we sit, and it's for a damn playoff spot. C.J. Stroud playing lights out. Will Anderson, who goes out and does what he does yesterday, which I think was probably his biggest moment of the year, even though he only played a handful of snaps. 12 snaps, and he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I think the story, the appeal outside of the, the city of Houston, maybe outside of the fan base, the, the, the I don't know how you gauge appeal from a, an NFL fan perspective, and you kind of exclude the Houston fans and go, well, how sexy is this outside the city of Houston? I just got to believe that the Texans are one of the more sexier teams across the whole NFL landscape, and, and to me, them getting flexed to a Saturday night primetime game says that the NFL agrees. Yes, sir, man. Uh, and it's uh, it's well-deserved, but you know what? You talk about maybe the Texans being the sexiest team. I feel like if it wasn't for the Texans doing what, they're, what they've done this sure. season, be talking about another team in the AFC South, and that's the team that you're playing. Sure. Uh, and it's not having anything to do with Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yep. It has... Everything to do with the job that Shane Steichen's done in Indianapolis and what he's gotten out of this team in which he checks a lot of the same boxes, Clint, that D'Amico Ryans has checked with the Houston Texans in terms of changing the culture, culture, getting guys to buy in and believe in something, but then figuring out a way, and he's had to do it, granted, for the last 11, 12 weeks, figuring out a figuring out a way to play without your starting quarterback. Yeah. He's done it with freaking Gardner Minshew. It's not exactly Minshew mania, but the guy's played good enough. He's been pretty damn solid to get the Colts into this position, very similar to the one that the Texans have right well, now. There's a lot of teams out there that haven't addressed their backup quarterback the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, now that maybe they just haven't been exposed yet. Um, but we, you know, We've seen it happen in the past. Uh, with really good football teams, and and then all of a sudden your starter goes down, and it's like, oh man, these guys these guys didn't address their their backup quarter quarterback position. Shane Steichen in, in Indianapolis did that, and Gardner Minshew is lighting this thing up. Think about it, a backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, uh, goes out and gets you nine potentially ten wins, and and, and just like the Texans could end up winning. The, are, can they still win the division? Yeah, I guess they could if if if, uh, if they Jacksonville, win and if Jacksonville, Jacksonville loses. And, yeah, Jacksonville would have to because Jacksonville owns all the tiebreakers, so Jacksonville would have to lose for that to happen for either one of them. Okay, but either way it goes, the point being is is Shane Steichen's done a hell of a job, uh, and, and and there's a, a great storyline there. But when those two teams come together, two two first year head coaches that are on the short list of of coach of the year for sure, uh, you got your rookie of the year playing in this game on, on at least on your offensive rookie of the year playing in this game. 
And it's just, I don't know, man. I just think it's a great story, and it's entertaining as hell. It's entertaining. The product that is mm. the Houston Texans today is entertaining as hell. And it's even more entertaining the fact that you got your rookie star quarterback back, C.J. Stroud, Absolutely. yesterday. I mean, fantastic. It took me, it took us 10 minutes before we mentioned C.J. Stroud's name. That's incredible. That's how good we're feeling, I guess. There's so many, Strong! <laughs> there's so many other things to talk about today, but we've got to talk about C.J. Stroud, man. Fantastic performance. Ron and I spent two days last week talking about, like, what the heck do we expect from Stroud? What do we expect from this Texans team? But certainly C.J. Stroud coming back from concussion. And I think we really dug ourselves into a hole, and we intimidated ourselves going into that Titans game, just not understanding what we were going to see at all. And C.J. Stroud, I got to tell you, the numbers say one thing, but I also think the fact that you missed two straight games with a concussion, um, and there's obvious concern there. You're depleted on both sides of the ball in various different areas. For C.J. Stroud to come out and have his most efficient game from a pass completion percentage point of view, he completed 75% of his passes yesterday. 24-32, 213 yards and a touchdown, 102 quarterback rating. That's the best performance that he's had all season long, and we know how magical it's been at times. For him to do that after a two-week hiatus, uh, for the reason, you know, being the concussion and everything, I, th- I thought it was tremendous. Oh, look, I, I, I thought I thought this was a statement win for the Texans, just from a standpoint of of you're no longer a team, at least for this week. I mean, you may, you're inconsistent, sure, this year, but you're no longer a team that plays down to your opponent. Um, we've seen that happen over the years with the mm-hmm. Texans. Um, they, they make that win look really difficult where this this is a better football team this year in Houston and they go out and handle their business the way they should. Um, there's something to be said about that. And then, and then this is a statement performance by C.J. Stroud as well. I, look, I, I think C.J. Stroud is not going to – he can't do anything – he could not have done anything Sunday that would have that would have surprised me or shocked me because of mm. because of how well he's played to date. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just he is he's already to me he's the rookie of the year. Um, the only thing he couldn't do was miss the remaining five five games of the season or four and a half games of the season. Uh, I, I think he's got the rookie of the year locked up, but he's doing things that I've ju- I've just never seen a rookie quarterback that starts from jump do. And and now I'm sure it's I'm sure Dan Marino back in the day. I got a bunch of old heads that'll come throwing the Dan Marino, John Elway sticks at me or rocks at me, but I I, I, I didn't I didn't study those guys. Yeah. I'm talking about in my time of being old enough and 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 evaluating and analyzing and talking ball, I've never seen anybody do what CJ Stroud is doing the way in which he's doing it. Um so it, nothing would shock me, but this was a game where he comes back and the awareness is is what the awareness of a couple different things, but the awareness of let me go out here and get this football in my hand. To your point, 75% completion. Let me get this football out of my hand. Let me make my offensive lineman's job easier. Let me let me put together a drive. Let me move the ball down the field. Any points are good points against the Titans. We don't necessarily have to have touchdowns. Let's just let's just get this football out and not not take a bunch of risk early in the ball game. Yeah. And then as the ball game went on, you, you we saw the Tennessee Titans' plan was clearly to take away all the shots. Mm-hmm. And he didn't jack around back there and hang on deep routes and hoping they would come open and trying to force things downfield. He would just check it down for 10, 12, 14 yards. Yeah. Right? When they closed the middle of the field, he'd take the wide side out route and just, just throw abs- an absolute dart to the sideline. And, and again, it's seven step, one hitch, ball's out. Right, it's hard. You, you can damn near get that out without an offensive line. Yeah, and so the, just the awareness 
of C.J. Stroud to go out there and play that brand of football when when he needed it. One, he needed it because of his, his health. And two, the team didn't need you to go out there and be Superman. They needed you to go out there and do exactly what you did so you could slowly widen the gap versus a bad football team, and you did it. It was a hell of a day. Again, a, a statement game, in my opinion, for C.J. Stroud coming off of coming off of missing two games in a concussion. Absolutely zero rust. Yep. And an and, and unbelievable awareness and understanding of the moment, uh, of of the risk you don't need to take. Uh, and, and it was it, just another one of those games where I think you just chalk it up to, hey, man, C.J. Stroud is just sig- – I mean, I mean – I mean, the maturity is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It, it is, is ridiculously it's more gone. mature than any than anybody thought. He talked about that in his post game press conference yesterday as well. I'm I'm always impressed every time CJ comes to the podium. It's it's usually something different, even if he's asked very similar questions. Uh, we'll hear from CJ throughout the show. Some good stuff from him after the game yesterday. Coming up at two thirty, we'll hear from. Your head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, will meet with the media at 2.30. We'll carry that live right here on Sports Radio 610. You obviously did not get a chance to make your Mad Dog picks last week. It is a Mad Dog Monday, a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Clint, um, Ryan, me, Tyler, we all made ours, and you might have to be the deciding factor here. As you, uh, yes, please get that red one. I Don't give me that. I don't want that blue one. Blue you raspberry. got that blue raspberry. These are two hey. of the, oh, you want to share? I, yeah, I thought we you want to share. share. Okay. I mean, I feel like I made a pretty good pick. I, I, I should be afforded the uh, ability to choose what I'm. What I'm gonna <laughs> you take aren't the loser, of. that's for sure. No, but you know what I Ron. said. Oh, now you want to come in. Now you want to come in here, and not bring a damn thing with you, and you want you want the first pick of what you want to drink too. I mean, I don't want to waste two brand new unopened bottles. I mean, oh, you, you want to pick one of these? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'll yeah. pick one of those. You yeah, like I know I didn't I got lose. Blue raspberry and banana red in this piece. I know I didn't lose. Ron certainly did. He picked Dalton Schultz as his guy. Two catches, nineteen yards for his Mad Dog Player of the Week. Um, Dalton. Was good, but you know he was merely just there compared to uh, the other couple of picks that we had. Tyler, you've already anointed me the winner per the Google Doc, putting a nice fresh one and zero mark there. But well, we both got we both me and you both got a dub. You be the deciding factor, Clint. I chose Nico Collins. Seven catches, eighty yards. Five of those seven catches went for first downs. He became the fourth Texan in history to surpass a thousand yards in a season joining Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Brandon Cooks. Tyler, meanwhile, chose Devin Singletary, 16 carries, 80 yards, the longest run of the season by any Texan out of the backfield, 24 (laughs) yards yesterday. (laughs) That sounds nice. It does sound nice. Hey, week 17 or not, the fact that you got it. um, They gave me a little southern blood. Well, I'm going to tell you, Bajani, I don't like the way you drug Ron a little earlier, and I don't like you coming at my boy Tyler in there right now. (laughs) What are we talking about? You think think because you had Nico, you get to all of a sudden throw in that little nugget of became the fourth Texan in history. This ain't about a season. This is about a damn game. (laughs) I like that nuggy. And and then you turn around Devin Singletary, oh, long's run of the season. I did not stop. one game. I built it up, boy. Yeah, you you built your your guy up so you can win. Get your ass, get your ass one of them bottles. You got a bunch right, of them to pick from back here. Get you one of them bottles. Tilt it up, baby. Get you one of them bottles. Even though you're you're, I, I can't. Make, you you are gonna get a fresh one. I'm gonna get that banana red, baby. Oh well, damn. All you had to do is say, man, let me get that banana red. I, I, boy, that I'm escalated gonna, quickly. I'm gonna, I'll make sure ain't nothing floating in this old uh in, in this old orange jubilee I got right here. So <laughs> the guy old, is drunk. 
It's been about 25 years since I've had some. Uh, oh, that's going to take you to so do, do we need to shake this first? Is it like Robitussin? No, don't, don't shake that thing. Uh, that that right there is good. It ain't chill, but it's good. It's going to tell me where it takes you, man. It's going to put some hair on your chest. Just tell me where man. it takes you and what her name is. Hey. I mean, I mean where, where you were at. For all, oh, yeah. of our, uh, all of our loyal listeners and viewers on Twitch, YouTube, we appreciate you. Ooh. This one's for you. Happy New Year, H-Town. Here we go. Takes me back to uh, an old girl named Melissa in the Dirty Bay. I was about 15 years old. Damn, that tastes a hell of a lot different at 41 than it did at 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. 17, you think, you're thinking... Oh, we're partying here. Let's go. They, they take, the crazy thing is the different flavors take me back to different different parts. One of what was it uh, last week? One of them took me to, or two weeks ago, last time they got a win, it took me to Crystal Beach. Yeah, that was the Jubilee. Ooh, I think that was that the orange Jubilee that yeah. took me there. Man, um, what Crystal. was what was the first one? One of them that strawberry kiwi took me directly to Park Street in Baytown, <laughs> Texas, with a sticky floor. We had yellow linoleum tile in our in our floor, <laughs> and 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 we'd party, and that sucker would be mm. stickier than hell. Mm. <laughs> You're on Santa. Right, that, that had a little uh, mouthwash quality to it, but I'm probably going to dip into that. <laughs> probably going to have to dip into that one again. <laughs> on a Mad Dog Monday, Sports Radio 610. It's a reaction Monday as well. Coming up next, we'll get you set for D'Amico Ryan's right here on Sports Radio 610. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Tannehill in the pocket, and he sacked Will Anderson Jr. Back at the 45-yard line. The Terminator gets it done. Tannehill to throw more pressure on the way, and Will Anderson gets him again. Back-to-back sacks. That was definitely the story of the day yesterday was the dominating defensive performance by the Houston Texans. Will Anderson in just 12 snaps played defensively on a snap count. Not sure exactly what that really was, but it was 12. And that's all you needed from him, Clint, to really step on the throat of the Tennessee Titans. That back-to-back sack situation coming late in the second quarter. And afterwards, 26-3, Texans dominate the Titans for uh, their ninth win of the season, notching their ninth winning season in franchise history and could be and needs to be their 10th win of the season next weekend 
you haven't heard, that game against the Indianapolis Colts flexed till Saturday night at 7.15 kickoff, their first primetime game of the NFL season, Clint. The defense yesterday, six sacks, 12 quarterback hits, eight TFLs, third time this season. The Texans have had at least six sacks in a game. That's tied with the Colts and the Dolphins for the most in the NFL this year. I'm Sean Bajani in for Ron Hugley, Clint Sterner as well. It's a Mad Dog Monday, Reaction Monday, a Happy New Year Monday on Sports Radio 610. That was a story yesterday, Clint, that dominating defensive performance, and it was um, it was pretty incredible. Will Anderson didn't even know if he was going to practice, much less play this week, and he goes out there and gives you that. Yeah, look, I mean, you can't say enough about what Will Anderson really has done all year long. And 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 look, we had Sheldon Rankins on the postgame last night. And Sheldon Rankins, you know, he, he mentioned, hey, look, it's not been easy for Will because Will obviously wants to do great things. And 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 the numbers, just the sack numbers weren't there early. He's out there balling, giving his giving his best, and he's getting home, but the sack numbers just just aren't there, aren't where they need to be. He he may or may not have gotten a little frustrated. It sure seemed like that's what Rankins was saying yesterday. Um and, and so it's it's yesterday had to be big time rewarding for for Will Anderson I, I think it was Will Anderson's moment of, of the year um and because I, I think look I think he's played well I, I totally understand the, the the value you know in a strong side defensive end that sets the edge that plays the run really well that that can press the pocket that uh, has the, the the high energy um you know high motor guy you know that 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 guy a lot of the time gets overlooked because the the one number that matters is not there stats. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't ever overlooking Will Anderson. It was just like, okay, when's it gonna happen? Yeah, like they traded a boatload of draft capital to get you. You drafted number three overall. The expectations, fair or unfair, are are for you to to be an impact player and light up the stat sheet. And yesterday was a moment where Jonathan Grenard was out. So your 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 sack artist, if you will, on this D line was out, and Will Anderson was limited. But in his limited time, he goes out there and gets back to back sacks. And what should have been, by the way, what should have been were two sacks that that kept the shutout for this team. Because if you remember correctly, the next play was a DeAndre Hopkins out route for I don't know. It looked like from 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 my perspective, twelve or fourteen yards. Mm-hmm. Soft corner Stephen Nelson just gives Hop twelve or fourteen yards. They kick a line drive field goal for the three points that they got in yesterday's ball game. Yeah, those two sacks were were really monster sacks because they should have kept the Titans off the scoreboard. Period. Yeah, they should have just halted a two minute drive. Period. And that's what we ask for, right? Look, look at what happened against Atlanta. Look at what happened against Carolina. Right? Those are games where, all right, you got the lead. The opponents got the ball. You need a stop. Mm-hmm. And nobody makes the stop. Yeah, Yet, that game yesterday was Will Anderson said, "I'm not going to play with a handful of snaps, but I'll make the stop once, and hell, I'll do it again on the next on the yeah, next snap." Absolutely, so Great I, point. I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous couple of, couple of plays there for Will Anderson. But if you look at it bigger picture, it, to me, it was really his signature moment on the season. Uh, coming up here in a few short minutes, uh, maybe even a matter of seconds, we're going to have D'Amico Ryan's live from NRG. He'll be meeting with the media talking about uh, yesterday's game and the week ahead as they prepare for their final regular season game against the Indianapolis Colts. What you said about Will Anderson, I asked him earlier this season about those struggles and 
Uh, I really referenced his junior year at uh, Alabama when he was really starting to take on more double teams, even triple teams at time, and he wasn't seeing the results there. And he dealt with something very similar. Like, he was not seeing the results, but he knew what he was doing as a member of the defensive line, it was helping his teammates. If he wasn't getting a chance to eat, his teammates were getting a chance to eat. And that's something that he had to kind of come to the realization of, you know, his rookie year very quickly this season. This time we're going to head to NRG and here, D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> no, <laughs> made it central. All right. <laughs> Two of my babies, they stayed up. <laughs> a little man was knocked out, though. How do you feel about getting the primetime game on? Yeah, we're we're really excited about it's our opportunity, all right, and what this game means for us, all right, to uh, earn a spot into the playoffs. So we're excited about that opportunity. Uh, you know, whether it's prime time or not, it doesn't matter to us. We just want to go out and play good football, uh, play our brand of football, execute, and just play clean. What do you do about keeping guys from getting overexcited? You've been in so many of these big games at second yeah, our guys have to understand, right? When you, when that ball is kicked off, right, or the ball is snapped, like it, it doesn't matter about your being overly excited. You have to be calm in the moment. You have to be focused on the task at hand. You have to be focused on what's in front of you, and that's just going out and executing the details of your job to the fullest. And when guys do that, that's how you play winning football, right? The excitement of the game really doesn't matter when that ball is snapped. You just got to go out and play the right way. It means a lot when you have veterans who have seen a lot, been on many different teams and things have gone, they've had success on other teams and they've been around, you know, a lot of good veterans that have taught them the way. So it's always good. I think when the, when you're veteran guys, right, with experience, they're able to talk to the younger guys or talk to the team and just talk about their experiences and what they've been through throughout the, their career in the NFL. And guys, their eyes are wide open, right? They're they're listening, right, taking in everything those guys have to say because it means a lot when it comes from your teammates. And I think, you know, it meant a lot for both guys, right, Sheldon and, and Robert, to speak to our guys. It's been a long time since you guys last yeah, we're a completely different team. They're a completely different team. For me, it's all, you know, a fresh start for us. Uh, we don't really, I don't put much weight on that on the first game of the year. Just seeing, I start watching. It's like, man, who is this team? <laughs> right? It seems like that was so long ago. You know, playing that second game, so it's a fresh start for both teams. I think they have. Different players in, we have different players in, so it'll be a fresh start. You all were able to, you know, you talked about you all played probably your cleanest game, you want penalty, maybe. Like, what do you feel like was the difference that allowed you all not to get step on your own foot? Was it just an emphasis throughout the week, or, or, or what was it? Uh, playing clean football, it just comes to guys being uh, just locked in. Right, and locked in for the entire game. And I feel like our guys were really locked in throughout the week last week, and they were locked in right throughout the entire game. And that 
translated us playing clean football. Right? It's something we've been talking about throughout the entire year of us not hurting ourselves or us not you know, having something positive happen and then we create or we end up having negative plays because of a penalty or a mis-execution. So it's just a matter of us getting out of our own way, and I think we did that uh, yesterday, and it allowed us to play clean football, allowed us to be in position to compete and win a game. Our team has, has gelled together, and that's what you want. You want a, a close team. You want a connected team, and our, I feel like our guys are connected. You know, we had a lot of different guys in and out at, at various times throughout the season, but our guys are connected. They're a tight team, and that's why I feel like we're playing better right, because of that. Right. Yeah. When it comes to being connected to players, I try to make sure I'm as connected to all the guys as, as possible. Right. It's um, a little tougher on the head coach level, but it's it's more work to do. And I'm, I just want to make sure we're all connected. Understand that my biggest thing is players understand that I'm here for them. Right. And I'm here to serve our players and help them in any way possible. Right. Just to see them be successful in their careers. Right. Throughout this season, just want them to be successful players and also just successful men in the community. So um, I'm all about being connected with the players that conversation with Will just about, you know, his injury, just him pushing through, right? Will's a tough player. He's a competitor. He's a guy you got to try to hold back from not going on the field. And that's the mindset you want from all your players, right? He's, he has that relentless mindset that he's going to be out there no matter what, and he's going to find a way to help us win games. So love Will for his mindset, love him for his toughness, right, and just his will to win. No, nothing. Never looked at a game from last year. Doesn't doesn't concern me. Yeah, Nick has done a great job when it comes to roster management, all right, adding players all throughout the offseason, throughout the draft process. Me and Nick have worked, you know, we've worked step to step, right? We've been, we talk about every decision before it's made, right? We make sure we're on the same page. And it's, I always say this, it works well when you see football the same, right? You know what type of players we're looking for, right? The skill set that we're looking for. Me and Nick are on the same page when it comes to that, and we've worked well together throughout this entire year. I think throughout the year, uh, we've 
we've seen a lot of different games. We've been in a lot of different games, won them a lot of different ways, lost some, like with where we were able to gain valuable learning lessons on what we can do different in those situations. So I think from that standpoint, our team has a ton of experience on what it takes to win games, no matter what it looks like, whether it's overtime, whether it's the last drive, all right, or the fourth quarter, our guys have been there. They've been successful in those moments. So there is no situation where our guys are going to, are going to blink or going to be nervous about a moment. Our guys have been through it all and we've been successful through it. You know, the majority of those. Can you talk about what it means to have um, what Desmond King has meant this is good back? We talked about a lot of the other players, but what has he meant to this defense since he's come back? Desmond has stepped up for us and he's and he's been a staple for us. He's stepped up uh, and just when you talk about his it's confident when you have a guy who's instinctive as him, a veteran presence, played a lot of football, but he's he's making plays for us. He's doing a really nice job of just communicating with the secondary, with the linebackers, just tying it all together. So really excited to be able to get Dez back here and just to see his value and what he's done all right, for the team since he's been back here. He's uh, he's made play after play after play for us, and we're happy to have him back and happy to just see his impact made on our team. Gardner has done a good job with his entire season, right? He's he's played really well for him. You talk about the accuracy, talk about him just being his movement in the pocket is what I think sets sets him apart, right? He's able to move up in the pocket and make plays, right? The the scramble plays that he makes, the explosives they're creating downfield. Like he's done a really good job of leading this team as their quarterback. And he has that moxie, that playmaker to him that that you can see on the tape. You can see guys really rallying behind him because they know the type of plays that he can make. But he's done a really great job for them all year, and that's why they're in this position that they're in because of good quarterback play by Gardner. How valuable is it to have a guy like George who's got experience on both ends of the line? Wherever he goes down, you can kind of plug him in. What Charlie's brought to the table at that right tackle when George was out, Right. He helps a lot with that tackle position when guys are flexible enough to go to both sides, and that's what George have done, has done. Charlie has done it in his career as well. So, having George be able to step in, especially when we lose Laramie yesterday, I mean, he steps in and we don't miss a beat. Right? He's picks it up, he's rolling, and we're still able to be efficient on offense because of George's flexibility. So happy to, that George was able to be there, healthy, feeling good, and able to step in for us. Yeah, go ahead. Everybody's hurt, so what's the availability about all men, everybody on deck? What do you have in comparison to everybody else? What do you have for your ball club going into Syracuse? Well, we'll see what we have. We have a few guys that got nicked up in the in the game on this past Sunday, but we'll see, you know, how the week goes, and hopefully we can get a few guys back. But um, whoever is available, we're ready to roll. <laughs> we're excited about the opportunity, right? We're not, as always, throughout this entire year, we're not gonna, you know, make excuses about injuries or who's up, who's down. Or right? we're gonna go and, and play our best football and see what happens. Do you tend to lean more on your playing days and what you would 
you know, want said to you heading into this game as far as motivating players? When it comes to motivating and a game of this magnitude, it's really not a lot to be said. And I think for players, everybody understands where we are. They understand all right, what this game means. So it's not going to and I think back to me playing is not going to be a lot that a coach has to say to get a guy up for a game like this. Guys are going to be up. They're going to be up as well. It's going to be a faster paced game. It's going to be a little more physical. Guys have to understand that. That's, that's how these games go. And if you don't get up for this, I don't know what gets you going as a competitor, right? So we're all, we're all up for this game. We're all excited about the game. We're excited about the opportunity. We're excited to just go play good. Go play good football against a really good opponent, and it's, uh, it'll be a great matchup. They've done a great job all year, and for us to be right here at the same spot, right, vying to get in for this playoff opportunity, and what a great matchup between two teams. Nate, how much does it help you having 16 games of experience to call defenses with this team? To know which players you can have the most confidence in in certain site big situations. It really helps a lot as I've gone throughout the year. I really have a good feel for, you know, who I can put in what situations, all right, what positions. And it's it's all about, John, just how do you put guys in positions to make plays, right? Let them go play fast, not think a lot, but just go play fast and try to make sure I accentuate their strengths and putting them in those positions. But now I have, I have a really good feel for our team, have a really good feel for what our guys do well, and I just have to get out of the way and let them go do that. Let them go play football, go play fast, go play relentless. And uh, that's what I just want to see, our guys playing fast, having fun. Thanks. All right, thank you, guys. All right, that's going to do it for D'Amico Ryans at NRG. A lot to unpack there, and maybe the best thing um, the most interesting thing that D'Amico Ryans talked about, was asked about, came from John McClain, about the experience and knowing who he can trust. We'll talk about that on the other side. Also, the not-so-complicated playoff seating scenarios for your Houston Texans. That's next. It's a Reaction Monday, presented by Shoppers John Deere on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Sports Radio 610 welcomes you back. Happy New Year's Day from us to you alongside Clint Sterner, Sean Bajani in for Ron Hughley, T-Mill here as well, 713-572-4610 if you'd like to weigh in via the text line. You can always hit us up there. You just heard from Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans coming off of uh, the biggest win of the season, a 26-3 blowout victory over the Titans yesterday notching their ninth win of the season, setting up a win-or-go-home situation Saturday evening, 7-15, first kick against the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. Um, the thing that D'Amico Ryans said at the very end, it was a question by John McClain talking about uh, the experience that D'Amico's had now as a defensive coordinator, the ability to know and understand what players, Clint, that he can absolutely trust going into a game like this one coming up on Saturday. This cannot be understated. He's done a fantastic job of this. If you missed it, I played for you a real quick snippet of it. T-Mill, you got it ready to go? This is what D'Amico said uh, in answering the question about understanding his players and what he has at his disposal defensively. It really helps a lot as I've gone throughout the year. I really have a good feel for, you know, who I can put in what situations, all right, what positions. And it's it's all about, John, just how do you put guys in positions to make plays, 
right? Let them go play fast, not think a lot, but just go play fast and try to make sure I accentuate their strengths and putting them in those positions. But now I have a really good feel for our team, have a really good feel for what our guys do well, and I just have to get out of the way and let them go do that. Let them go play football, go play fast, go play relentless. And that's what I just want to see our guys playing fast, having fun. You know, this could break off into many different directions in terms of the conversation, but I'll just kind of start here with it, Clint. When I heard him say that, the first guy that came to mind, because it's fresh, is Will Anderson. And the fact that that dude just played 12 snaps and you got the absolute best from him yesterday, understanding the player, understanding what he's capable of doing when he'd been fighting through a, a ankle injury for two weeks, Probably had no business playing yesterday on a snap count. Gave you yeah. that type of production in the biggest game of the season. I could go Derek Barnett. I could go Adrian Amos. I could go a number of other different directions. Kareem Jackson saw meaningful snaps yesterday, Clint. That is your defensive coordinator, de facto. Your head coach, D'Amico Ryans, absolutely understanding without a doubt, 100% of what he has at his disposal. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I, it's twofold for me. One, I'm, I just greatly appreciate the fact that you've got a, a head coach defensive play caller that that isn't driven by speed and size and, and, and all these tangibles and trying to force guys to to play well. Not not look. Not that he there. I, I don't have an example of look at this guy keeps getting on the field and he's not very good. I, I, I'm just the fact that your your defensive play caller says, look, I know who my guys are. I know what they do well. I'm not going to try to square peg round hole this thing. I'm going to put them in position to go play fast and and play and not think. That that seems like just kind of a matter of fact. But there's a lot of teams, offenses and defenses, that don't do that, mm-hmm. right? Bill O'Brien off was an offensive mind that didn't grasp that very basic concept when he had Deion, uh, 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 Deshaun Watson right here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was his system, and he's he's going to make it work. And Deshaun Watson standing at the line of scrimmage, trying to decipher, you know, who's coming in the in the in the pass rush and who's belling. Are they playing zone? Are they playing man? They're crowding the line of scrimmage. What the hell's going on? And it's a constant. It's a constant struggle because Bill O'Brien wouldn't adjust, right? And and, so, and look, there's a lot of them out there. I'm not banging on Bill. A lot of them. Out, it's just reassuring, and and I greatly appreciate a defensive any play caller that says, "Look, I know who I have. I know what they do well. I'm gonna put them in position to to win, and I'm gonna get the hell out of the way." Yeah. And I love the fact that, like I said from jump, you don't have a guy that. It, it's all about this guy was drafted here. This guy makes this much money. This guy has these kind of physical, this, this physical skill set. We've seen Jalen Petrie, second round pick, who I thought was going to be the 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 number one captain on the defense side of the football. We've seen him benched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we've we we've seen we've seen Denzel Perryman and Blake Cashman standing side by side to this week at the at the numbers waiting to see what defense was called to what style of linebacker they wanted in the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's one of those we've seen Christian Harris uh we've seen uh, Toa Toa get run and then all of a sudden he's out and Christian Harris and and Cashman's getting more. I mean you've just seen a ton of adjustments being made to find the right group of guys that that D'Amico can win with and, and it's just man it's 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 refreshing to know you got a, a play caller really on both sides of the football but we're talking about D'Amico right now 
you got a play caller that views the game that way and talks the game that way. And you're seeing the results. Absolutely. Yesterday in that game, I know it's the Titans. I didn't care about the record. It was what was at stake for 60 minutes going into that game, knowing you needed to win that football game and to come out with your best defensive performance again against that same Titans team that you'd sacked seven times three weeks ago to get six more. The pressures, the TFLs, holding them to 187 total yards, the lowest output by any uh, opposition against the Texans all season long to hold them to 53 yards on the ground. That uh, is knowing your personnel. That is knowing uh, when and when, uh, knowing what buttons to push, to be honest with you. We're going to head into the 3 o'clock hour. We'll get to the playoff scenarios coming up next, give you all the facts and figures in relation to this Texans and Titans uh, conclusion in which the Texans sealed the deal and set a date with the Indianapolis Colts uh, in a win-or-go-home game on Saturday. And a lot more to cover in the Big 3 at 3. That's next at Sports Radio 610. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 